0: Hello and welcome to the CCF Iowa podcast. You're listening to a message that was part of our Tuesday night worship services that takes place each week on the campuses of University of Northern Iowa, Iowa State University, and the University of Iowa. This year's theme is As You Go. So we'll be taking a look at the book of Acts and we will be exploring how just as God called the early church, he is calling us today to go. And as Jesus ascends into heaven and we're introduced to the Holy Spirit, we're given instructions as we go. So here's a message presented by one of our campus ministers. Welcome back to the CCF podcast, we'll be continuing our As You Go series, uh, this session with a message entitled, As You Go, Listen. Now, we're going to be going through more or less Acts chapter 8, but I'm really only going to focus on one of the stories out of Acts chapter 8, and that's the story of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. And that's because um, this is one of those interactions that I've always really appreciated and and really thought was just kind of a unique and interesting part of Acts. So let me go ahead and read through the text um, and then we'll see what this story has to say to us. This is Acts 8 verses 26 to 40. And the spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, how can I, unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this, like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter and like a lamb before its shearer is silent. But Philip found himself at Asitus, and as he passed through, he preached the gospel to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. So this, uh, like so many of the stories that we've gone through in Acts, is is just an interesting story. Philip's told uh, by an angel um, to go to a specific road, and as he's there, he happens upon uh, a chariot, and he hears that there's this Ethiopian eunuch who's reading from a scroll, and he's reading the prophet uh, Isaiah. And there's there's a lot of things that are happening already in this story. Um, the the awesome fact of Philip just listening to what God is commanding him to do without needing any kind of reason or justification or whatever. Uh, he just goes and does what God tells him to do to, to go to a road, to be in the right place at at the right time. And uh, the reason I entitled the, the message as you go, listen, is because, uh, there's a lot of different ways that Philip is listening. He's, he's listening to what God's instructing him to do, and he's following it by doing. Um, he's also just keeping his ears open as he's on the side of this road and he happens to overhear someone reading Scripture. And, and as he listens, he, um, he he listens to the person who's got questions about that Scripture, and, and he's trying to get an idea of what his questions are really getting at. And, and so he's, there's just this whole process of listening when the eunuch believes uh, in, in Jesus and wants to be baptized. He listens to his request and, and he baptizes him. And so you've got so, so many different examples of Philip just simply listening to the, to the guiding of the Holy Spirit to um, the person that he's ministering to. Um, listening to God's word in the moment and, and realizing how God's word can speak to this Ethiopian eunuch. And so there's just so much listening that's happening here. There's also, uh, if, if you don't happen to know anything about eunuchs, um. It's it's an interesting position to be. Oftentimes, uh, in in ancient times, eunuchs are given um, special offices, special titles, positions. Uh, this particular one is a talks about who he's a court official of the queen, um, and happens to be in charge of all of her treasure. Um, pretty important job and probably well paying because you want to well compensate the person that's looking out after all of your treasures and, and money. So let's get back to eunuchs in general. The term eunuch is used of someone who has been castrated or in, in some way has had um, uh, parts of their genitalia removed. Um, it prefers generally at this point in time to, to males um, in, in that way and so they are not going to be able to have any offspring um, sometimes the, the term eunuch is used of people who have chosen a celibate lifestyle but for the most part in, in this uh, in biblical times that would have been used of someone who either through an accident or through someone intentionally uh, damaging them uh, has kind of mutilated or removed, n- no longer has their male genitalia, so that's kind of what it um, means to be a eunuch, um, and and so there's that aspect of suffering, uh, and and it's interesting he's he's reading Isaiah 53 here, which is kind of known as the the suffering servant part of Isaiah. Uh, there's a couple chapters there that kind of talk about the suffering servant. And that's one of those passages that we point most often to and think about um, Jesus being on the cross and, and how much that seems to reflect that suffering of, of Jesus' life. It, it meshes really well with the, the suffering servant discourse from, from Isaiah. And so that's something that this eunuch is reading and it probably is resonating with him because he's someone who's suffered in a lot of different ways. Because not only would he have um, most likely had this done to him um, to become a eunuch, but he also is going to suffer because in certain places uh, he's he's going to be. Shunned and kind of put outside of the community, um, it, it also since it talks about him you know going to Jerusalem to worship, he he's one who worships God and yet in in Deuteronomy um, it actually talks very directly that and it says that anyone who has mutilated or or has, has their genitalia has been removed are not allowed to um, to enter into the temple. Uh, because of the the holiness and purity of the temple. And so that's something that he wouldn't be able to have experienced in the same way as other people who come to Jerusalem to worship. Um, Just because he's Ethiopian doesn't necessarily mean that he uh, is or is not a born Jew. Uh, Your your nationality doesn't necessarily make you... um, Jewish or not. There's Jews all around the world. Um, so even if he's born Jewish, uh, there's still parts of the temple that he wouldn't be allowed into because he is a eunuch. And so it's also possible his aspects of his faith and, and the way that he can practice his faith have been taken away from him. That's just kind of another way um, that he's been an outsider and that he's had to endure some different types of suffering than than the rest of us would have and, and so i think uh, as he's reading this passage of scripture his question that he asks philip is does the prophet who is the prophet talking about in this passage is he talking about himself or is he talking about someone else and i kind of wonder if, if this man is starting to read himself into this story. And so as he's reading like a sheep who was led to the slaughter and like a lamb before its shearer is silent. So he opens not his mouth In his humiliation. Justice was denied him who can describe his generation for his life is taken away from the earth. Um, being, being a eunuch would be a humiliating thing. And, and you could very easily feel like you, you are not getting justice that you deserve because, uh, because of someone else's decision, because of someone else's hand, this thing has been taken away from you. And it kind of talks about, you know, the idea of generations and you would know that you would not be able to have any offspring and that you would be the last of your generation. Your name would not be carried forward because, you can't have kids. And and so you know, it it just sounds like this guy it's reading himself into this passage and he's wondering is the prophet talking about himself or is the prophet talking about me or or am i missing this entirely and and I think Isaiah 53 is is one of those passages that we identify as messianic because it sounds so much like the suffering that Jesus went through on the cross and and kind of identifies his life uh, pretty well. And and again, uh, I I do think Jesus fulfilled those prophecies and those things. But it's also as Isaiah is writing this, it's you know, it's it's very much pre Jesus being on earth. And so I think there's ways that as people, uh, Israelites, Jews, as people have always been reading Isaiah, that they've been able to read um, the nation of Israel, even into this passage. And, and they see kind of, you know, the, the lack of the humiliation that, that the people of, of Israel have, have received justice that's been denied to them and, and just, you know, the, the concerns at various different times is if they would even be able to continue as they go into exile in Babylon and and as they come back or as, you know, groups are carried away by the Assyrians and and other enemies that they have surrounding them. And, and now even you've got the constant threat of Rome in your backyard and you just never know when they're just going to turn against you and decide that you're not worth the hassle and so those are the kind of things that the nation of Israel is facing right here, right now in this time frame. And so it's really easy, I think, for any Jew to read himself into Isaiah's prophecies here. But again, I, I do believe that Jesus fulfilled it. So, so Philip decides to use this passage because it's the one that the Ethiopian eunuch is reading. Um, and he decides to to use this passage to use this opportunity to talk about who, who Jesus is, but like you could very easily jump to, you know, m- maybe he just says, well, I think the prophet here is actually talking about this guy, Jesus. Cause this sounds a lot like the time that he was on the cross and, 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 and uh, uh, that might not be a bad, you know, doorway to go through to, to preach the gospel. And, and I think it's, as, as we, hear others talking about scripture or we, uh, we just overhear any kind of discussion, debate things about, about the Bible, we can, we can find ways to, to point to, well, this is how Jesus fulfilled that, or this is what, um, this is how that ultimately points to Jesus and and talks about who he is. That's definitely something we can do, but I think sometimes we miss out on the personal side of things Philip doesn't know this Ethiopian eunuch, but he seems to identify and recognize that he is um, who he is and and, uh, and it maybe even was possible to know that he was a eunuch I don't know how Philip can tell that if there's more that the Holy Spirit was speaking to him like. I don't know if we would have known that this guy was a eunuch besides the fact that it's given to us in the story, but that seems to be a key part of what's going on. His, who he is, uh, as, as, as an Ethiopian, uh, foreigner in Jerusalem as, as a eunuch, um, someone who wouldn't have been allowed into the temple, according to Deuteronomy. And, and so, that makes me think that there's more to just what's going on here. And that Philip figured out a way to tell him, Hey, it's okay that you're reading yourself into this story. And I've even got some better stuff to do because this is Isaiah 53, but a couple chapters later. And, and in my mind, it talks about how, you know, Philip begins with this scripture and he tells him the good news about Jesus. Um, they don't have the New Testament. They're in the process of writing the New Testament during this time frame. And so Philip would only have been using, you know, starting with this scripture, he would have been using other scriptures, other parts of the text to talk about who Jesus was. And, and you know, probably direct stories of Jesus. He was one of the 12 disciples. He he knows a lot. Uh, he has his own personal testimony to give about Jesus. But but if we go just a couple chapters later We see Isaiah 56, and I'm going to read a lot of that um, because I think it says some really cool stuff specifically to this Ethiopian eunuch. Isaiah 56, starting with verse 1, this is what the Lord says, "...maintain justice and do what is right, for my salvation is close at hand, and my righteousness will soon be revealed." Blessed is the one who does this, the person who holds it fast, who keeps the Sabbath without desecrating it, and keeps their hands from doing any evil. Let no foreigner who is bound to the Lord say, The Lord will surely exclude me from his people. And let no eunuch complain, I am only a dry tree. For this is what the Lord says to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths, who choose what pleases me and hold fast to my covenant. To them I will give within my temple and its walls a memorial and a name better than sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that will endure forever. And foreigners who bind themselves to the Lord to minister to him, to love the name of the Lord and to be his servants, all who keep the Sabbath without desecrating it, and who hold fast to my covenant. These I will bring to my holy mountain and give them joy in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and sacrifices will be accepted on my altar, for my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. The sovereign Lord declares, he who gathers the exiles of Israel, I will gather still others to them besides those already gathered. This is a declaration of salvation for the foreigner, for the eunuch, for the outsider that could have been an outsider for any number of reasons that God wants them to be able to be brought in. To have a memorial inside of the temple, the very place that this eunuch would have not been allowed to go. God promises to have a memorial for them there, a memorial that is better than sons or daughters. Something that this eunuch couldn't have. And and the foreigner will be a part of God's people. They get to have sacrifices made for them, accepted on their behalf on, on his altar. Last year, our our message series was about how uh, we called it For Everyone, and we went through the book of Matthew and really looked at so many different stories of outsiders that were accepted in by Jesus, and and we have this story continues. And and I think we start to even see a bit of a shift and a turn here in Acts because we move from this story of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch to starting to hear more about the testimony of, of Saul who becomes Paul. And, and then the people that Paul starts to reach and he even is willing to minister to Gentiles and go that much further outside of what they had known the church to be up to this point. And so I think this is one of those places where Acts starts to shift and say, this isn't just a message for Jews. This is a message for outsiders. This is a message for all people. And so you have this cool story here of Philip and this Ethiopian eunuch. And for those of you who don't know, uh, Ethiopia, ancient Ethiopia, modern Ethiopia, same region, uh, it, it's an African nation. So much of our stories, or, or at least um, the way that I would always picture things and hear stories told, as someone growing up in a in a very white area, um, and and in a pretty white church. You always picture Jesus as a disciples, maybe a little bit darker skinned than you, but not. Not too dark of skin. And and you see all the pictures hanging up in churches that have this oddly blue-eyed, blonde or, or much lighter-haired Jesus who looks like a European, not like a Middle Easterner, and definitely not like the African that this Ethiopian eunuch is. I think sometimes if we overlook these stories, we forget about the kind of representation that really does exist in Scripture. Maybe there's an even better chance to see yourself in this story because of the people that are represented here. This is an Ethiopian, an African man who's been so dedicated to already to God that he comes to Jerusalem to worship even if he's not allowed to be let into the temple he's still going to be there because he has the fear of the Lord in him and so much so that the first time he hears about Jesus he's already totally wanting to go all the way in and says hey look we've got water let's Let's get baptized right now. I I I want it I want to show people. I want He probably wasn't traveling by himself in a chariot. He seems to be a man of of wealth and means. Usually they travel with multiple people to help them out. He's not afraid of being a witness for Jesus in front of everyone. And he sees and hears these promises of God that come in Isaiah 56. Now, I don't know, again, I don't know if that's what Philip did to witness, to share scripture. But it seems to fit really well with this story. A true acknowledgement of, you may have heard this, and you may have only heard about how you can't be in the temple. But let me show you. Yeah, you're in Isaiah's prophecy in an even bigger way than you maybe have thought. You're not just the suffering servant. You're also the one that receives salvation. That God is doing new things, big things, and he wants you to be a part of it that anything about you, the fact that you're a foreigner, the fact that you're a eunuch, any of those things that others would use to to kick you out, God's already removed those barriers. He wants you in. He wants you part of this. And I think that personal aspect is something that would really get this man to say to Philip, Hey, there's water here. How about I get baptized right now? I'm ready. Let's do this. So as you go, listen. Know your know your scripture. Um, that's one of the incredible things about Philip in this moment, is that he he knows where Isaiah 53 is going. And if he just directly used it to say the prophet here is talking about Jesus, or he moved along to, to read Isaiah 56 to this man. Or he did some other combination. He, he starts there with the scripture that he heard and uses it to tell someone the good news about Jesus. I think that's one of those things that evangelism is supposed to look like. You may not always be told directly by the Holy Spirit to stand at a specific place on the road, but make sure wherever you go, that you're listening. Listen to what's going on in people's lives. Listen to who they are. Listen to Scripture. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Listen so that you can have an opportunity to give an answer for the hope that you have. As it says in 1 Peter. Because God is always doing something. What he wants us to do is Listen.